0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Four. Bye singing dog. No! Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye. Wedding friend. ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS. you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are locked on, Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. The Packers got back to work on Tuesday, and we've got a jam-packed Wednesday show for you. First down, an injury update. Second down, we'll segue right into a look at the cornerbacks. Then third down, we segue into the Packers-Falcons early look matchups. Then fourth down, what happened to Jordy Nelson with one catch last week? But before we get rolling, I would like to thank you for making the Lockdown Network the fastest growing podcast network in the world. And you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. And be sure to check out the rest of the network, including Lockdown Fantasy, Lockdown NFL, and Lockdown Falcons to help you get ready for Sunday afternoon. With that, on the first down and an injury update from Tuesday, Uh, Mike McCarthy wasn't in the giving mood in that regard. He not have to give out an injury report until later today, so he didn't see any reason to get an early jump on things on Tuesday. Although he did lead off his press conference by confirming that Demarius Randall had groin surgery, and about as far as he would go he was saying that, that Randall will not play this week. Interesting conversation. I was not a part of it, so this will be all secondhand. I was I was waiting on Quinton Rollins. So early in yesterday's locker room session, Demarius Randall's there and all of us gather around to talk about his injury. He says, I'm not talking today. Okay, fine. So we leave. Well, I don't know, 15 minutes later, I see my my good friend, Todd McMahon, who uh, covers for the Associated Press. He's about ready to start chatting with Randall. Well, if two people go to talk to a guy, that attracts all the other cameras. So I backed off to let Todd have him, And I waited on Quentin Rollins to get dressed. So Todd McMahon asked Demarius Randall about the groin surgery. Randall goes, what surgery? Did I have surgery? Did I have surgery? And then he looks at a couple of his teammates. Does it look like I had surgery? I'm just blessed to be here. Just blessed to be back with my team and just taking it day by day. So Todd asks again, did you have surgery? Oh, so now you're asking me. First, you all were tweeting it out, but now he's coming to ask me. He looks back at his teammates. That's crazy. Dang. I've never, I've, I've not seen a lot of sources tweet, Demarius Randall had surgery. So... Then, then you know, the, the surgery was originally reported by my good friend Rob Demoski over at ESPN. So eventually, um, Demarius, sees, <laughs> Demarius sees Rob and tells Rob to come over. And Randall goes to, to Rob, I was looking for my sources because you said there were some sources that said that I had surgery. So I was going to ask you, did I have surgery? So Rob says to Demarius, that's what I was told. Randall goes, oh, okay. So that's what you were told? Rob goes, yes. Oh, okay. So sources told Rob that I had surgery, but Rob didn't want to come to me, or, yeah, Rob didn't want to come ask me until today. Then Rob explains, well, you said you weren't talking. Then Randall goes, well, I will talk to you all tomorrow. So (laughs) the follow-up goes, how did the surgery go? Randall goes, what surgery? I don't know what you're talking about. And and this continues on for a little bit. (laughs) Fifteen minutes later, Mike McCarthy confirms that Demarius Randall had surgery. So an interesting interesting conversation there. Um, it took me back to a few years ago when Jarrell Worthy was in town. Late in the season, Jarrell Worthy hurt his knee, and we asked him, Did you tear your ACL? And Worthy goes, nah, it's just a bruise, I'll be fine. Of course, news comes out that Worthy had torn his ACL. And it's just things like that to make you wonder. I mean, really... I mean, we're going to find out. We 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 find out everything, especially you know, especially like guys like Rob or from ESPN or you know Tom Silverstein from the Journal Sentinel. Those guys who've been around forever have a million sources. I mean, eventually we're going to find out what happened, or you know, Schefter or whatever is going to get it. So it was an interesting conversation. So anyway, news to Demarius Randall. Demarius Randall had groin surgery, and he'll be out a while. Um, Quentin Rollins. I, I did talk to Quentin Rollins about his grand injury and he said I asked him how are I asked him, How are you doing? He goes, I'm I'm fine, how are you? I go I go to Quentin, Well I'm fine, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I am i am not i do not have a grin injury and I'm not gonna play Julio Jones on Sundays. <laughs> so he says he's fine. Um I asked him about Sunday and he pointed out well it's it's Tuesday and it's too far out to to get a good gauge on that and you know, one of the guys asked me is there and a, and a good The obvious question here is: There internal pressure to play, considering the state of the cornerback core with with Randall out and Shields on, Sam Shields on injured reserve. And Randall says, "No, there's there's a sense of urgency Or Rollins, Rollins said, "There's a sense of urgency to play, but not really any internal pressure." I mean, at some point, you, you play when you're ready to play. On the other hand, he was asked, "Is there pressure to sit?" considering what happened to DeMar- his teammate, Demarius Randall, who had a groin injury, came back, and then apparently made the injury far worse. Now, who's to say if, if he came back too soon? or, or not, that's, That might be the uh, logical thing to deduce from that, but it's you know who, who the heck knows? Anyway, we asked, Rollins has asked that. Rollins says, I wouldn't say pressure is the right word, but a sense of urgency is trying to do whatever I can to be better myself and my injury to get back out there on the field and help the team. Just taking it day by day. And and finally I asked him, being a competitor, would you like to go out there and and face up against Julio Jones? Obviously, we'll we'll get into Jones here a bit later today and and a whole bunch more tomorrow and Friday. Jones leaves the NFL in receiving yards by a mile. He's averaging 20 yards a catch. He's just having an unbelievable year. Rollins goes, that's what you play the game for. You want to play against the best to gauge yourself and see where you're at in your process of becoming one of the best players. Definitely, you want to be out there competing, especially if you have competitive juices. But there's a difference between being stupid and smart. A couple other injuries. Running back Don Jackson, um, repeating what he said after Thursday's game, he says his hand is not broken, he's waiting for some more tests to come back, and waiting for the swelling to go down, but he says he is feeling better. But Right now, he, I mean, he says he's, his grip is weak, which is obviously bad if you're running back. And tight end Jared Cook with that with that ankle. He's not playing this week. And then takes us right into the second down. And where do the Packers go at cornerback? Well, I would say they go the same place they were in Chicago. You know, maybe maybe Quentin Rollins is returning and, and can help him out here. But it's going to be a reliance on Dimitri Goodson, Ladarius Gunter on the outside, and Micah Hyde in the slot. I would say they played well against the Bears. It comes with the obvious asterisk of that being against the Bears. Ryan Hoyer was their number two quarterback, and he got to start. Was having a pretty good year. Didn't do a whole lot against the Packers until he got hurt, and then then Matt Barkley came in, and then it was just a, they had no chance whatsoever. And this story for packreport.com's members last night, and if you're not a member, if you sign up for the one month option, type in the coupon code PackReport21, and you get an extra. Uh, extra month on my dime, so you get two months for the price of one. Basically, you send them for the annual subscription, you get one year of Sports Illustrated. How awesome is that? So if you're, anyways, for, for our members at Pack Report, I wrote a story about the corners last night and at Ten Thompson's philosophy here, and he and he's, you know, he could have gone out and got a veteran. And I, I put in our veterans in our uh, subscribers form, I put it, I put, got a list of the top available veteran corners, and it's not a great group. So you can check that out there, too. But Thompson could have gone out and signed one of those veterans. Or he could have gone to the practice squad. And you know Ted Thompson's history and what he did. I mean, he goes to the practice squad, and with two moves to be made, he promotes wide receiver Geronimo Allison from the practice squad and safety um, Jermaine Whitehead from the practice squad. Whitehead, a a first-year player, spent a little bit of time in the Ravens' active roster last year, but didn't actually play any games. He's a safety by trade. He played safety and in the slot during camp in the preseason. So, you know, maybe maybe he can help there. But again, you could go get a veteran who can help you out. And you know, maybe he's not a great player, or he's flawed, or he's A, he's not a good player. B he's old and past his prime. You know, one of those things. But you know, and Thompson, as is his custom, goes the young route and he's gonna bet potentially the entire season he's betting on. You know, Ladarius Gunter and Dimitri Goodson and Quentin Rounds and Micah Hyde being the four guys to man those you know cornerback slash slot positions in their in their in their dime you know base nickel and dime positions or defenses. It's uh, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the right answer here. I, I mean, I, I had a couple people ask me, what, what about Brandon Browner? What about Antonio Cromartie? You know, those are those are the two big guy or the two big name guys in that list I put out, and they're both thirty-two. Kamardi spent some time with the Colts this summer, and he got cut. Look, the Colts are terrible. If you're not good enough to play defense for the Colts, I mean are you gonna have to play for the Packers? Well, maybe not, but are you better than Dimitri Goodson? You know, maybe. I I don't know. Yeah, Brandon Brunner um cut his teeth with the Seahawks, got a big contract elsewhere, got cut there. Returned to Seattle, got cut during training camp. Again, he's out of work. If you're in a, in a league where you're starved for guys who can defend the pass, if you're good enough, if you're a good player, if, if you're Brandon Brown and you're still a good player, you're probably not unemployed today. So, you know, I I asked Mike McCarthy about it yesterday. I go, are, are, you, frust- are, you, are you frustrated that this is just kind of how it is? And you, it's always young guys, young guys, young guys, and you know McCarthy, of course, wouldn't go down that road. because he's not going to criticize his boss. But he said, "You got you got to weigh the film and are the guys are the guys who are on the street better than what you got?" And look, I I'm not I'm not a pro scout. I'm not going to pretend to be. And, and you can't fall into the trap of thinking that a guy like Brandon Browner is better than a guy like Dimitri Goodson just because Brandon Browner used to be better than Dimitri Goodson. I I don't know, but. Look, this is going to define the season, right? I mean, Shields is out for the year. He's not coming back, probably. Demarius is going to be, what, out four, six weeks? And, you know, if you're out that long, you're out to, what, week, let's see, six weeks, maybe week 14 or week 13 or so? So are you are you going to be a, a tremendous asset when you come back? You know, are you, you know, can, can Quentin Rollins who got benched in Jacksonville that seemed to be taking a step forward when, he, when he's healthy? Can he bounce back? And look, we, we still don't know about Randall Rounds, do we? I mean, they they had pretty good rookie years, but the sample size was so so small this year that you just don't know if they're ready to take that next step. They're, they're, they're gonna have to be. Because as you know and as I know, this is a quarterback-driven league, which means the flip side of this is it's a pass defense-driven league. And if you can't play pass defense, You've got no chance to win the games that matter in January because look at the teams in the, in the NFC and ahead of the Packers. You've got you've got the uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on, on the Cowboys quarterback. <laughs> how, how sad is that? Um, Dak Prescott, you know he's yeah he's a rookie, but he's got so much going on around him on his side. Doesn't have to win games, and he's been unbelievably efficient. I mean that's that's your number one seed, and you yeah. You know Russell Wilson's in that mix, um, Kirk Cousins. I mean, it is a b- bunch of good quarterbacks in that list of, of playoff teams going to have to play. And if you can't step the pass, you don't have a chance. And you know, at this point, looks like the Green Bay's going to try to be a championship defense with Demarius Randall maybe, but Quentin Rounds, Micah Hyde, Ladarius Gunter, and Micah or uh, Dimitri Goodson. We'll, we'll see if that's good enough. Uh, just one thing on on Gunter. For all the crap he took from fans last week, against the Bears last week, he matched up against Alshon Jeffrey. Nine targets, three completions. And maybe he's there, Maybe he's your best bet, as scary as it is to say, against Julio Jones on Sunday. Arguably the game of the week this week is Packers at Falcons. And I spend way too much time looking at my analytics for this program, and i got a lot of listeners down in Georgia. You want to go to the game, don't you? Well, here's how you get there. Go to SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few tips, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any other game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket, Pick a SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate, first, download the SeatGeek app, then go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code, then enter my promo code, L O Packers. That's L for locked, O for on, Packers. Then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today, and after the promo code LO Packers. And speaking of Packers Falcons, that takes us to third down and our first of a couple looks at this week's game. Clearly, the game of the week on the schedule: at Green Bay four and two, Atlanta four and three. All time, the Packers lead a series fifteen to twelve, including four straight wins. Quarterback Matt Ryan, and this is you know we, we do this is the perfect segue in from second down. Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan is having a huge year. He's going to be facing a beat-up Packers secondary. In those six games or seven games, Ryan, 2,348 yards. Last week against San Diego, 273 yards. That was his 46th consecutive game with at least 200 yards. That is the all-time record. Dan Fultz held that with 45. And Julio Jones has a chance to go over 1,000 for the year. 1,000 yards in eight games. He had merely 174 yards last week. He has 830 for the year. Maybe more than that, 20.8 yards per catch, which is uh, number one in the league among receivers with at least 25 catches. He has been on fire, and this is why the Falcons gave away basically two drafts to get the guy. He has been a dominant player. And finally, Matt Ryan is performing like a quarterback who we all thought he could be, but he just never put it all together. You know, there was always something wrong, and, you know, whether he was weighed down by other issues with the team or what, but there's always been. Flaws in his game, and the Falcons never have really been a great team. But he's finally kind of, kind of finally putting it together this year. Let's you know, back in 2014, Atlanta came to town. Packers 43, Falcons 37, and that game, Julio Jones I'm can say veteran Packers secondary, mind you, 259 receiving yards. A lot of that in the second half. Green Bay had a huge halftime lead in that game. Phil can storm back behind Ryan and Jones. This, my friends, is going to be a shootout. Look at Atlanta's defense here. There's, in seven games, they've allowed twenty-nine point four points per game. That's god awful defense. Three and uh, total yards three hundred eighty-six. Passing yards almost three hundred a game. That's thirty-first in the league. So they, they don't play any defense whatsoever, and part of that is. You know, this is kind of like the, the 2011 Packers where, where the Packers scored a, a billion points and teams are in catch-up mode. And when teams are in catch-up mode, you, you kind of give them some things and maybe maybe the points get run up a little bit. And the yards certainly get run up a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the Falcons pregame pack, and holy spin job here. Talking about the Falcons defense, Atlanta's PR thing says, notes that the Falcons defense has given up the second-fewest number of five-minute drives this year. They've given up five drives of five minutes. Well, yeah, if you're scoring in three minutes, that's a big deal. <laughs> I just left. I go, really? I mean, this is the best you got? You're giving up 29 points a game. Fine, you're giving up points quickly, not slowly. Good for you. <laughs> I thought that was terrific. Uh, we'll have a lot more uh, Packers-Falcons talk later this week, including I'm, uh, I'm assuming we'll be able to do or pull off our uh, – weekly locked on um, behind enemy line segment with my with our my colleague down in Atlanta. We'll see if we can get that set up today for either tomorrow's podcast or Friday's podcast. So we'll hopefully uh hopefully get that done today. And that will take us to fourth down. And what happened to Jordy Nelson against the Bears? Nelson, one catch for seventy yards against the Bears. That'd be his lowest catch total since two thousand fourteen a home game against the Vikings. At least the Nike made a sixty six yard touchdown. <laughs> so he made he made his one catch count, and in, in terms of yards, that was his. He had seven yards. That would, once again, that'd be his fewest yards in a game. You have to go all the way back to a game in in uh, 2012 against the Cardinals. In that game, he was just coming back from an injury, and he got re-injured on the first series of the game. So you know, after that, you I mean, you have to go all the way back to 2010. I mean, since since he had a game that poor. Um, one catch four targets against the bears howzuna a local radio interview yesterday and I was asked if is Nelson getting phased out of the offense is is that the deal is there isn't a reason to be concerned with him i you know time time will tell on that you know the one thing I will point out though I think maybe this is a good thing you know assuming nelson's fine and this isn't a he's uh he is the injury is an issue. Assuming, assuming it's not that being a problem, I really think this is a good thing for the Packers offense. You know, I wrote this early in the year. I thought the Packers are force feeding Nelson too much. And Rodgers was, was looking Nelson's way um, far too often this year. You know, I, I go back to some of those early games and well, whether he was open or not open. I mean, he, he was getting the ball, and you know, some of that was was certainly understandable, right? I mean, here's a guy coming back from a knee injury and and, and he missed the preseason. And you want to get him going. you look at the targets. He had nine targets against Jacksonville in Week 1. 11 versus Minnesota in Week 2. Seven versus Detroit in Week 3. And that was, remember, they only basically passed the ball in the first half of that game. Then 13 against the Giants in Week 4. Then seven against Dallas in Week 5. And then there was a lot of targets for a guy who wasn't doing a whole lot. And again, I understood it to some extent because you had to get the guy ready and get some chemistry going. But I thought it was too much. I thought there were two reliant on trying to get him going, and it was hurting the offense as a whole. You look at the last two games. I mean, Ty Montgomery, the beneficiary, he had ten catches the last two games, and, and you know Devontae Adams with thirteen last week as well. The more diversified this attack is, the better his offense is going to be. This is I me. Mean, this has been Rogers' mo for throughout his career. Rogers has never really had a go-to guy. It swimmers open. Gets the ball, and it's based on matchups, and wherever, you know whoever you know, like yeah, I mean whoever's open, whoever has the best matchup, that's where Rodgers is going to look to at the ball. So you know what? Let's not go to Nelson so much. Let's diversify this attack. And you know if, if first, let's see if anybody can stop Ty Montgomery. Maybe this is the matchup this year, especially with Cobb out there. You've got two guys who can really dominate that underneath passing game, and. For a, for a offense that's been starving to find rhythm, that, that quick hitting, short passing game is where you get that rhythm. And maybe having Cobb and Montgomery out there in tandem is going to help you out. And I don't know how you match up with, with, uh, with Montgomery at this point. I mean, if you're going to go three wides and a tight end and then have Ty Montgomery as your running back, it's essentially you're going four wides. I mean, you have to put another DB out there, don't you? Well, if you do that... That's when he had that 30-yard run last week. I think if you're in, a, if you're the opposition, you probably feel better, you know, playing dime and, and having an extra cornerback out there—not four DBs, but four corners—I meant to say—having four corners out there and taking your chances with Montgomery running the ball. Then I, I, wonder, I wonder if that'll be the counterpunch here going forward. But you know, I think it's until defenses show that they can find a way to stop those short passes to Montgomery, this is probably the way to go, and if you can get some success too. Montgomery' success with Cobb and Adams can you know maybe he's not going to do 13 again, but if, if Adams can consistently give you a production, the stuff that Nelson's going to come. But you know, just keep the defense from from focusing on him too much. I, I think I think ultimately this is a, a really good thing for this offense. What's going on? And, and you know, maybe, maybe I'll be singing a different tune in a month, but. At this point, I think there's no reason to worry about Nelson, unless you play fantasy football. Then you should, then you should be worried about Nelson. But as far as Jordy Nelson in the context of this offense and winning football games, I, I think what's going on is, is probably a positive for this team going forward. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure, once again, to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy, and Locked On Falcons. And be sure to check out my work over at PackerReport.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.